Welcome to the podcast for Salem Baptist Church, where the senior pastor is Reverend Dr. Selwyn Q. Bacchus. Salem is located at 3131 Lake Street in Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. This podcast has been created as a mobile companion to your engagement with Salem. Whether you use it to listen to a service you are unable to attend or to revisit a sermon, we pray that this podcast will serve as a source of motivation and connection to a word-centered and spirit-led church that cares about your journey. Be sure to turn on your alerts as we deliver a variety of content to you. Don't miss out on church services, interactive Bible studies, and special interviews all here on Salem's podcast. Share the podcast with a friend or family member. Listen as you have your morning coffee, daily exercise, or travel to work. No matter when you are listening, we pray this episode blesses you.
Good morning, Salem, and welcome to worship. We'd like to invite you to stand as we begin our worship experience. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. Amen. We are so blessed by God for those of you here in the sanctuary and those of you connected virtually that you have chosen to worship with us on this morning. Our scripture for this morning comes out of the 95th Psalm, the first seven verses. It reads as follows. O come, let us sing to the Lord. Let us shout joyfully to the rock of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving. Let us shout joyfully with him with psalms. For the Lord is the great God and the great King above all gods. In his hand are the deep places of the earth. The heights of the hills are also his. The sea is his and he made it and his hands formed the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and bow down. Let us kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God, and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Let's go before the Lord in prayer this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for another opportunity to worship and praise and lift up your magnificent and most holy name. We lift up this worship service to you, and we ask that you would bless it and that you'll receive our worship. And we pray all these things in the matchless and most blessed name of Christ Jesus. Amen. Come on, put your hands together and praise the Lord. Come on, let's praise the wonderful name of Jesus. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Come on, clap your hands this morning. Come on. What a fellowship. What a fellowship. What a joy. What a joy mind. Come on, what a blessing. What a blessing. And what a peace. What a peace of mind. Come on, what a fellowship. What a fellowship. And what a joy. What a blessing. What a blessing. And what a peace. We're leaning on. We're leaning on Jesus. Come on, Christ. We're safe and secure. All alone. We say, Christ. We're leaning on. We're leaning on Jesus. Christ. Come on, Christ.
Christ, Christ my Savior, we're safe and safe secure. And Come on, we can call on the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody shout the name of Jesus. Come on, shout his name this morning. Say Jesus. Come on. Come on. Defender. 
morning. Come on. Hallelujah. Can't stop calling on the name of Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. How many of you know that there's power in the name of Jesus? That only in the name of Jesus is salvation. That one day, under the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. Family, it's prayer time. It's time to call upon the name of Jesus. And as we prepare our hearts and our minds for prayer, we want to remember those serving in leadership positions, those serving at the federal, state, and local levels. We also want to remember those hospitalized. Sister Gloria Brody, Sister Mary Frances Moore, Sister Rashawn Scrogans. We also want to remember those who petitioned us for prayer. Sister Norma Bell, Sister Frances Ruth Burton, Sister Pat Childs, Sister Lily Coffin, Sister Brenda Price, Sister Marcia Wade Nichols, Sister Marie Williams. Brother Langston Anderson, Brother Brandon Cole, Brother Lawrence Goldwire, Brother Larry Hunt. We also want to remember those with bereaved members of their family, Sister Carla Dixon and the loss of her husband, Michael Dixon. The family of Brother Herman Shy Baring, Sister 
Deanna Tillman in the loss of her uncle, Alvin Rogers. Sister Sharon and Donna Reed in the loss of their brother, DeForest Reed. We will now be led boldly into the throne of grace by Deacon McLaurin. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you today for allowing us to come out once again into your house, the house of prayer. And we want to stop right now and just uplift the name of Jesus, Heavenly Father. For there's none in heaven or earth like you, Heavenly Father. And we're so thankful, Heavenly Father, that you sent your son, that he died on the cross that we might have everlasting life. And when he arose, he declared that he has all power in heaven and earth in his hand. So we come once again calling on the matchless name of Jesus to hear our prayers and to hear our petitions. And we want to stop and send praises up right now to you, God. For you created us, Lord, to glorify you. And Heavenly Father, right now, we just want to lift you up, Heavenly Father. There's none in heaven and earth like you, Heavenly Father. And you're God from everlasting to everlasting. So right now, we just lift you up and we just praise your name and say, Holy, Holy, Holy. Uh, Heavenly Father, right now, we want to thank you for keeping us through another week. For keeping us through another day, another hour in this very minute, this very moment. We thank you right now, Heavenly Father, for bringing us through. We thank you for blessing us with a home to live in. We thank you for the very breath of life in our bodies and for the blood running warm in our veins. So, Heavenly Father, we just want to thank you right now in the name of Jesus. Heavenly Father, we want to pray for this world, Heavenly Father, and for this nation, for leaders at every level, Heavenly Father, for you say it in your word, that the king's heart is in your hand, and like the waters of the river, you can turn it wherever you want it to go. So Heavenly Father, we pray right now that we'll have leaders that'll yield their heart to you, Heavenly Father, and that will look for you as they lead this nation and they make laws, Heavenly Father, that they do it with justice and mercy in mind, Heavenly Father. We pray also right now because there's wars and rumors of wars. But God, you said don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed because you're still in control. So right now, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus for those in the military that have sworn to give their life to defend this nation, Heavenly Father. We know that some trust in chariots, Heavenly Father, some in horses. But, Lord, we put our trust in you and only you, Heavenly Father. So we pray right now in the mighty name of Jesus, Heavenly Father, that those that are serving whatever man or woman it is, that you would bless them in a mighty way and bring them home safely to their families, God. And, Heavenly Father, we pray right now for this prayer list, Heavenly Father. The needs are mighty, Heavenly Father, but you are mightier, Heavenly Father. We don't know what these needs are, but God, you know what they are. So we praying right now in the mighty name of Jesus that you meet them at their point of need, Heavenly Father. Because, Heavenly Father, we know you're still in the healing business. You're still in the delivering business. You still can bring the prodigal son home, Heavenly Father. So we pray right now in the name of Jesus 
to meet their needs. We pray, Heavenly Father, for those that are grieving, Heavenly Father. For you are a companion, Heavenly Father. Let them know, Heavenly Father, in their hour of grief that what a friend they have in Jesus, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, you can turn their tears of sorrow to tears of joy. So we pray for them right now in the name of Jesus. We pray for Pastor Backers in his absence, Heavenly Father. We're so thankful that you sent us a leader that's after your heart. We pray right now, wherever he is, that you bless him and his entire family. And now, Lord, we come to the preaching hour. We pray right now, Heavenly Father, that your word will go with, forth with power. For you said in your word that your word will not return void. So, Heavenly Father, prepare our hearts to receive your word. We pray now for the Salem Church and every member both near and far, for those gathered here in the sanctuary and those in virtual land, that you bless them in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Good morning and welcome to Salem News. 2023 is the year of renewal. It's our prayer that you'll have a meaningful encounter with God today because at Salem, we believe the best season of your life is just ahead. Here are a few highlights. Calling all Salem congregation, family, and friends. Get ready for a day of fun and fellowship at our annual Friends and Family Sunday. Invite your family and your friends to join you in worship on Sunday, March 26, at our 10 a.m. worship experience. Come connect with our church community in a relaxed and casual setting. All youth and young adults, mark your calendars. Following Friends and Family Sunday on March 26, we'll be taking a trip to the Mark for bowling, food, and video games. The fun and games begin at 1 p.m. and transportation will be provided in the church van. Please contact youth and young adult pastor Brandon Whitaker to reserve your spot today. Well, Salem, invite someone and come get strengthened in the Word of God during corporate prayer on Wednesday, March 22nd via Zoom. We'll email those who signed up via constant contact. The Zoom link will be emailed to you the Monday before corporate prayer. Please reach out to the church office to add your email address to the constant contact email list today. Salem family, we know everyone is getting excited to honor our Savior on Resurrection Sunday. So plan now to arrive early for our 2023 Resurrection production entitled The Bloody Cross. It'll take place during our 10 a.m. worship experience on Easter Sunday, April 9th. The Music and Fine Arts Ministry will lead us in a celebration of our Lord's resurrection. You do not want to miss the opportunity to celebrate our redemption and salvation on Resurrection Sunday. Well, at Salem, we have so many exciting opportunities and events, and we want to invite everyone to get connected and to get involved. To stay up to date with all church opportunities, visit our website, SalemBC.org. Also, like us on Facebook, Salem Baptist Church Omaha, on BoxCast, or subscribe to our Salem YouTube channel. I'm Cerise Cole for Salem News. Sure hope you have a great day and a wonderful week. Amen. Praise the Lord. 
Please govern yourselves accordingly to our announcements. We have just a few additional announcements that we want to share with you. But first, we want to welcome all of our visitors and guests. We won't ask you to say anything if there's any visitors or guests who are visiting with us for the first time. We would ask that you would please stand at this time. Amen. And we also want to welcome the Urban Plunge from Rock Rapids, Iowa, Christ in the City International Church. So thank you for joining us on today. You may be seated. Well, it's the month of March. If we have any March birthdays, we would ask that you would please stand at this time. So we want to wish you a happy birthday. <laughs> Amen. All of our March birthdays. God bless you. God bless you. Again, we want to remind you of our corporate prayer, which will be held on this Wednesday at 6.30 uh, p.m. It will be via Zoom, so we're asking that you would look out for the link that will be sent via email. If you don't receive the email uh, by Tuesday, please contact the office so that it can be sent to you. We're looking for a wonderful time as we go to the Lord in prayer. Calling all actors and actresses, we need your assistance as our upcoming resurrection production. So if you would like to volunteer to participate in our resurrection production, we need your assistance. So immediately after church today, you can see Sister Sandra Foster. If she's not here, you can, you can see me, and I'll take your name and your information. That way we can get it uh, to uh, Sister Foster. But we need volunteers for our resurrection production that is upcoming on April 9th. So if you'd like to participate, we need your help. Amen? Amen. Amen. Also, we want to remind you that for our members who are giving out care packages for our college students, if you are interested in signing up one of your students, please stop by the welcome table, and members of our Education Council will be there to take your information. So immediately following service today, there will be someone there. If you have a college-age student that you would like a care package sent to them, please stop by the table. Also, high school seniors and parents, please stop by our welcome table immediately after church for scholarship information. We have scholarships available for your students. Please see Dr. Ingram or Minister Whitaker with any questions or the link to fill out the application that will be online. So that is available to you immediately after service on today. It is now given time. Do not be deceived. Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 through 10 says this. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the Spirit will of the Spirit reap everlasting life. And let us not grow weary while doing good. For in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. If I were to ask you, what will you get if you plant carrots? You would probably look at me and respond, carrots, of course. From creation until now, in the grand scheme of things, the Lord has instituted that like creates like as it is demonstrated in Genesis chapter 1, verses 11 and 12, everything produces after its own kind. It's easy to comprehend this concept when it comes to vegetation. Likewise, we rightfully expect 
an animal to look like its parents. But this concept does not end with the plant and animal kingdoms. Have you ever considered that it applies to finances, relationships, and even human emotions? Actually, everything producing after its own kind involves all aspects of life. And understanding and application of this is essential. We are to experience the abundant life Jesus promised his people. In the scripture I shared earlier, Paul would not have said, do not be deceived, if it were not possible to be deceived on this issue. Some want love, but are unwilling to sow love. Others wish to receive forgiveness, but are unwilling to give forgiveness. The scripture suggests it's mocking the Lord to demand that he alter his principles of sowing and reaping. Whatever you sow, you will reap. Paul says, do not be deceived. If we sow love, we reap love. If we sow forgiveness, we are forgiven by the Lord. An often quoted statement of Jesus deals with this concept. In Luke chapter 6, verses 37 and 38, it says this, Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not be condemned. Forgive, and you will be forgiven. Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. As you prepare to give on today, repeat these words in your heart. Lord, I am not deceived. I do not mock you. Today I give generously because I know that with the same measure I sow, it will be measured back to me. Amen. 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 There are several ways in which you can give on today. You can mail your tithes and offering in to the Salem Baptist Church, 3131 Lake Street, Omaha, Nebraska, 68111. You may drop your uh, tithes and offering off Monday through Friday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. just outside of the administrative office. You may give through PayPal, Cash App, Venmo, or Givelify. Or you can text to give at 402-543-3316. No matter how you give, whatever method you use, you just can't be God-given. Amen? Amen. We repeat this affirmation about what we believe about giving here to Salem Baptist Church each and every week. Simply repeat after me. We plant good seed in good soil. And we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. soil and we will receive God's prosperity for our lives. And the people of God said praise the Lord. For those who are in the sanctuary, as you exit the sanctuary on today, you will be able to give your tithes and offerings. We now continue in worship with our music and fine arts ministry.
Preserve my soul, even for. 
to invite you to stand this morning out of the respect and the reverence for the reading of the Word of God. We'd ask that you open your Bibles almost smack dab in the middle to the book of Psalms. Psalms, the 27th chapter. And as you navigate there, I just want to say it's amazing to see how the Psalms prophetically points to Jesus Christ. You know, the Lord Jesus knew all 150 Psalms, and he relied on them to face every situation in life, even his death. But it's not so hard to see how the book of Psalms is so essential to the Christian life and the deeper relationship with God and how we can see that he is our help. Psalms 27 reads as follows. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. The war break out against me, even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. For in a day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent and set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says if you seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and my mother forsake me, my Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. 
Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take hearts and wait for the Lord. The Lord is blessed in the reading of his word. This morning I would like to talk to you from the subject of confidence in the Lord, or as I like to say, courageous faith. This is one of my favorite Psalms, hands down, because it parallels the experience in the Christian life. This poem, this psalm was written by David, and most scholars believe it was written when he was on the run from King Saul, fearing for his life, literally running out of fear for his life with bloodshed and violence and attacks all around him. You see, in this psalm, David expresses both his courageous faith and his vulnerability, his confidence in seeing and tasting the goodness of the Lord, his confidence in the fellowship, protection, guidance, victory in the Lord, but also his anxiety and concerns. On one hand, he speaks with confidence that God will be with him. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rises up against me, yet I will be confident. He was convinced of the Lord's protection and the Lord's presence. But then on the other hand, he was petitioning the Lord for help due to his fragility and his vulnerability. Hear, O Lord, he says, when I cry out loud, be gracious to me and answer me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You who have been my help, do not cast me off. Do not forsake me. You see, David was a man of faith, but he also had feelings of anxiety, seasons of worry, of weakness, of attacks from the enemy. Listen to this. Through this litany of adversity, his heart kept turning to the Lord, the one who saved him from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear and from the giant Philistine Goliath. Though the enemies kept coming, he keeps remembering. He focuses on God's past intervention and prays for future salvation with confidence, even though he needs to tell his heart to take courage. Like us at times, he is still tempted to fear what may come. Doesn't that sound like the Christian life to you? Doesn't that sound like the Christian experience? But David demonstrates that no matter the situation or the circumstance, that we can be confident in the Lord and his faithfulness and his help. Psalms 27 covers a lot of things, but in reading it, we can clearly see the element of confidence is primary. Throughout the psalmist's search for divine protection and guidance, he remains unwaveringly confident. And just for a few minutes this morning, I would like to talk with you about how we can experience this confidence in our lives, this courageous faith in the Lord in our lives. And friends, I'm not talking about self-confidence, no. That confidence falters by circumstance and situation and feeling. But I am talking about God confidence that never wavers and is dependent on the never-changing immutable God. Let's talk about how we can experience confidence in three ways. We can experience confidence in the Lord through his protection. We can experience confidence in the Lord through prayer. We can experience confidence in the Lord through his presence. So first, we can experience confidence in the Lord through his protection. David begins in this song by declaring confidence in the Lord, a confidence that lies not in his own abilities or in the strength of his army, but simply in the Lord. He says, Yahweh, Lord, 
You are my light, my salvation, whom shall I fear? Then it repeats himself for emphasis. In the literary arts, this style of poetry is called synonymous parallelism. He then says, the Lord is my stronghold of my life. Whom shall I be afraid? We see it again in verse 3. Though an army besiege me, my heart would not fear. Then it repeats himself. Though war break out against me, then, even then, I will be confident. Professor William Van Gimmerman, out of the Expositor's Bible Commentary, says this. These verses exude an expression of strong confidence in the Lord. Regardless of how great his adversities, the psalmist looked at the greatness of the Lord in relation to the insignificance of his own problems. Listen, compared to how great the Lord is, his problems did not have a chance. I said, compared to how great the Lord is, his problems did not have a chance. His heart is strengthened as he remained focused on the Lord. And because of his confidence in the Lord, David is not afraid. Surely in our own lives, we can relate. Surely we go through some things. Maybe you were overlooked for a promotion. Maybe you lost your house, lost your job. Some people praying for your downfall, running your name through the mud. You know, some people who look to physically and emotionally harm you. David tells us that even in the most dire of circumstances and situations, we can be confident in the Lord and his protection. In verse 5, he says this, For in the day of trouble he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in the shelter of his sacred tent. The intro verses of this psalms rock me, family. They rock me, not just because of how they relate to our lives, but also the fact that they are so prophetic. The psalms in and of themselves are prophetic in the way that they point to and have a fulfillment in the Lord Jesus Christ. Really, this is true of the entire Old Testament. We see the psalmist starts out and he says, Lord, L-O-R-D, all caps. You see, that's the way they translated Yahweh, the name of the holy God in the Old Testament. That name comes from when Moses said to the Lord, what is your name? And he said, I am that I am. And then we fast forward to the New Testament, Jesus being heckled by the Pharisees. And he said, why are you heckling me? Your father Abraham would have loved to see this day. And they said, our father Abraham? You're not even 50 years old and you know Abraham? And Jesus said this, surely, surely, I tell you, before Abraham was, I am. We see in verse 1, David says, the Lord is my light. In John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. In verse 1, David says, the Lord, Yahweh, is my salvation. In John 14, 6, Jesus declares he is salvation by saying, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And then in verse 9 of that same chapter, he says, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. Friends, it is abundantly clear that the Lord described in Psalms 27 is Jesus Christ. In verse 1, where he says, light and salvation, the same Lord David talks about here is the, for his situation, it's the same Lord we go to in our situation. Come on, somebody, notice that the scripture does not just say that he gives us light and gives us salvation. It says the Lord is our light. He is our salvation. He is our stronghold. He does not just provide protection. He is our protection. He does not just give us strength. He actually is our strength. 
We see also in the, in the Gospel of John in verse 14, we learn that the creator of the world, of the universe, came down and literally tabernacled and dwelt among us. The scripture said, the word dwelt among us. The word used there is the actual word for tabernacle and tent. So in verse 5, when David says that we find, we find our protection and safety in God's dwelling in his sacred tent, his temple, we can see that Jesus is the fulfillment of that. Jesus is the dwelling place of the Lord. He is the Lord. So we find our safety. We find our protection. We find our light. We find our salvation and our stronghold in Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit who testifies of Jesus has established this tent in our hearts today so that God is literally tabernacling, taking up residence, tenting in our hearts today. If God is with us and for us, why should we ever be afraid? Whom shall we fear? Though my enemies camp around me, though people spit on my name, though wars break out around me and against me, even when in the midst of my doubts, insecurities, and shortcomings, even when they seem to take me captive, even then I can be confident because the God of the universe, the author and the finisher of my faith, he protects me. This confession of confidence reminds me of one of my favorite passages in scriptures from the Apostle Paul in Romans chapter 8. He says this, Who should separate us from the love of Christ? Should trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered a sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I'm convinced that neither death nor life neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, I came here today to tell you that we can experience this confidence in the Lord through his protection. But not only that, we can experience this confidence in the Lord through prayer, through prayer. We see in verse 7, David's mood kind of changes. There was a change of mood at this point in the psalm. And when we read, we see that these are the verses actually from whence his confidence rose. And it mirrors the Christian life. Professor Willem Van Gimmerman says regarding life that there may be a period of searching and doubt out of which true faith develops and leads to a more determined reliance on God. Friends, we see this in, the, in these verses. You can hear the depth of anxiety in David's writing through phraseology such as, Hear my voice. Be merciful to me. Do not hide your face. Do not turn. Do not reject me. The repetitive language here communicates the intensity of soul searching and the greatness of his need. He is praying for immediate deliverance from adversity. It seems as if David feels abandoned, but out of this perceived abandonment develops a deeper sense of dependence on the Lord. I wonder if anyone in here has ever felt abandoned. God, why did you let this happen to me? Lord, where were you? Lord, I desperately need you. Anyone. I know I'm not alone. But we also see that David exudes confidence in his prayer because of his complete dependence on the Lord. We see a deep sense of dependency on God here. He says, Lord, give me your mercy and give me your love. The whole world can be against me. The closest thing to me can be against me. But my Lord and my God will receive me, will never forsake me, will be there for me. My only hope is you, O Lord. 
Friends, in the midst of trials and tribulations, David was expressing confidence in the Lord by going to prayer. In fact, he is modeling himself how our posture should be before the Lord in prayer. Despite feeling abandoned, despite feeling down, despite everything he had going on against him, David knew where to go to the Lord in prayer, and he did so boldly and confidently because he was confident in the Lord. We see the same concept all throughout the New Testament. Philippians 4, 6 through 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. 1 John 5, 14, this is the confidence which we have before him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. Ephesians 3.12, because of Christ and our faith in him, we now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. My brothers and my sisters, do not stop praying. Do not stop praying, my brothers and my sisters, because we experience the confidence in the Lord through prayer. But not only do we experience the confidence of the Lord through prayer, we also experience the confidence of the Lord through his presence, through his presence. Listen to verses four through six again. One thing, somebody say one thing. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and seek him in his temple. For in a day of trouble, he will keep me safe in his dwelling. He will hide me in a shelter of his sacred tent, and he will set me high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above the enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord, be merciful and answer me. David makes this most evident in verse 4 that we can experience the Lord through his presence when he says one thing. Look to your neighbor and again say one thing. One thing. Let me ask you, if you can have one thing, what would that be? Would it be security? Would it be finances, prosperity, fame, climbing the corporate ladder? What would it be? David says, this one thing only I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze on the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. But wait, look. Let's read this in context with the rest of the song. All right? In verse 3, David says, though an army besieged me, I will not fear. And in verse 10, he says, even though my father and my mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Do you see what he's doing here? And it's important. He is running the gamut, the complete range of the worst of human experience, of human nightmares. Pastor Tim Keller notes this, no greater external devastation to your physical and material well-being than literally having an army come after you to destroy you, to torture you, to kill you, to literally want your head on a stick. But then when we think of a father and a mother forsaking you, talking about the foundational relationships in our life, our spouse, our children, our parents, our love, our joy, our self-regard is so bound up in these that they form the worst internal devastation a human can experience. So what David is saying is, should the greatest possible exterior or interior devastation, pain, loss, and grief, should the worst things that a human being can possibly imagine happen to me? But if I just have this one thing, somebody say one thing, I will be all right. My head will be lifted up. Or we can say, as the late great and arguably greatest rapper of all time and poet in his own right, Tupac Shakur said, 
keep your head up. Sometimes as believers, you see, we get this idea in our head that because I'm a follower of the Lord, because I'm a Christian, that life will and should go smoothly. But David does not assume these things. He does not assume parents that won't forsake him. He does not assume success. He does not assume a perfect family, life, or workplace. He does not assume that people won't be praying for his downfall. But he is saying this, I can and I will keep my head up. I can live with my head lifted up if I have this one thing. If I can behold and gaze upon the beauty of the Lord Jesus, then I can face anything, anything. Lord, I just want to be in your presence and lift you up in praise because when I behold your beauty, nothing else matters. Not my greatest problems, not my greatest fears, not my greatest insecurities, not my greatest weaknesses. Lord, just give me you. I want intimacy with you. You are my all in all. My satisfaction is in you. My joy is in you. You are my light, my salvation, my refuge, my strength, my confidence. Come on. All I need is you, Lord. All I need is you. Just to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. My God, my God. Friends, I want to challenge you this morning. It's our one thing that we seek. Is it the Lord or is it something else, lesser? Is God simply a means to an end for us or is he actually the end? Listen, this is good. David is not going in the temple in repentance asking for God's forgiveness. Come along with me. He is not in the temple in petition asking for God's help, power, or action, or a change of circumstances. He is going in the temple asking for God, for God himself. He is looking for the beauty of God, looking for the satisfaction of God, of who he is in himself. That's the one thing David seeks. The Prince of Preachers, Charles Hatton Spurgeon, once famously said this, If Christ is not all to you, then he is nothing to you. He will never go into partnership as a part-time savior of men. If he be something, he be everything. And if he be not everything, he is nothing to you. Friends, I implore you this morning, make Christ your everything. He is our everything. You see, in the face of wickedness that David was facing, what does David seek? Not a removal of pain, prosperity, no. He seeks a relationship. He seeks intimacy with God in the midst of suffering. Again, one thing I ask from you, Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to seek him in his temple. Friends, I just came by here to tell you this morning to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord, to make him the center of all your affections, your ultimate desire. Make the supreme beauty of your heart the beauty of God. And when we do that, our focus, our worries, our insecurities, our self-absorption, our self-centeredness, our tunnel vision focus on our needs gets replaced by an experience of fellowship with the Lord Jesus. We begin to worship and adore him. When we are going through something, maybe we're mad about something, but suddenly I can't be mad no more. I can't help but meditate on his goodness. I can't help but worship. I can't help but praise. I can't help but to be hopeful, to know that everything will be all right, and to have full confidence in the Lord Jesus and to experience him. If I can see and bask in his beauty, there is not a power in the world on the face of this earth that can knock me off of my meaning off of my joy, off of my self-regard and self-image, nothing. Whew. 
It has been said that God's beauty is an expression of his goodness to his people. The beauty of the Lord is favor toward his own. Friends, the overarching message of this psalm is having confidence in the Lord. Confidence that we will see his goodness and his beauty. So confident that we will be willing to wait on it and trust in his timing. His beauty, his goodness is so manifest in our lives. We see this in verse 13, and friends, this is my favorite. In Hebrew, it literally says, if I had not believed, implying the question, where would I be? Yeah, yeah, it reminds me of Psalms 124. If, I, if it had not been for the Lord who was on my side, come on, you know it. If I had not believed, it says. In the King James, they translated, I would have fainted. Literally, I would not have made it. The New King James translated, I would have lost heart unless I believed. The NASB says, I would have despaired. I would have been in despair. The Christian Standard Bible says, I am certain. Oh, but I love the way the NIV translated, and it says this. I remain confident, confident of this, that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Come on, somebody. We can be confident that we are going to see the goodness of the Lord. Pastor Tony Evans tells of a story where he was with his four or five-year-old granddaughter, and she was being chased by a dog. And the dog was probably harmless and not going to do anything, but she didn't know that. She was screaming and terrified and in a complete state of terror. And as she was running from the dog, she was calling his name. And he ran out and picked her up and held her in his arms. Then the dog reached him and he stopped. The dog was no threat at all. She looked down at the dog, up at her grandfather, and then with a new vigor, she said this to the dog. Nah, 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 nah. Friends, I just want to ask you this morning, how, do you, how many of you know that in the arms of our Heavenly Father, we can say nan 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 nah, to our threats? Because no threat formed against us shall prosper. This is the confidence we should have. Look, I got two boys, and we buy them a lot of toys, action figures. You know, they're boys, but they're extremely rough with them. And sometimes they break them. I mean, they break them bad, beyond all repair. And so if I'm away from the house, they take them to my wife. And they say, I broke it. She's like, okay, I have to throw it in the trash. And they usually say, no, stop, stop, stop. Daddy can fix it. And trust me, daddy can't fix it. But they have full confidence that daddy can fix it. Look, I know I can't fix it, but I know a daddy who can fix anything. His name is Yahweh. I'm talking about that level of confidence in the Lord. Look, I'm talking about a satchel page level of confidence when he used to line up in the Negro in the major leagues and he would sit down his outfielders and his infielders and strike out the whole side. He said, I don't need them. I'm talking about that level of confidence. But in the Lord, child of God, how many in here remain confident that they will see God's goodness? How many can say that I've been through some things and it almost broke me, but it didn't because I remain confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord? My lights went out last week. I can't pay all my bills, but I remain confident in the Lord's goodness. Times are hard. I need a new job. My coworkers are plotting against me, but I remain confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord. My parents gave me up for adoption when I was little. My best friend stabbed me in the back, yet I remain confident that the Lord is good. I got passed up for 
promotion after promotion at work. I'm not sure I can make it to retirement, but I am confident that I will see the goodness of the Lord. My mother had a stroke. My father had a heart attack. My own health is failing, but I remain confident in the goodness of the Lord. I can't get a job, can't find a significant other. My car broke down, but I remain confident in the Lord's goodness. I don't get along with my family. I can't seem to keep loyal friends, but I know I have a friend in Jesus, and I am confident of his goodness. So many close to me have passed away. I was on my deathbed myself, but even through it all, I remain confident in the Lord's goodness. I've been ridiculed, disrespected, talked down to, associates praying for my downfall, but I remain confident in the Lord and his goodness when I seem to face trial after trial. I'm talking head crack after head crack. I still get on my knees and I pray to the Lord because I am confident he will see me through. How many of you know by experience that God will see you through? God will see you through. Some of you have experienced it. He's demonstrated his goodness in your lives. He woke you up this morning. He worked a miracle in your life that has no explanation but him. He put a roof over your head and food on your plate. You're only standing here because of the grace of God and the goodness of the Lord. That you were in a car accident and the car was totaled but a hair wasn't moved on your head. How the doctors did not think you would make it, but you are here today standing on your feet. That no matter what situation life seems to throw at you, you find joy in the Lord and confident in his goodness. Family of God, I'm almost done. I just want you to know we need to have confidence like David did in Psalm chapter 27. You see, 14 generations after King David, there was one of his descendants by the name of Jesus, born of a virgin, that was God himself. My friend, that's God's goodness. A savior that was tempted in every way, but without sin, that faced the worst form of brutality that ever existed and died in our place. That was God's goodness. The same God who gave us the gift of the Holy Spirit and adopts us and brings us into his family. The Bible says that while we were yet enemies, God rescued us. If that ain't good, I don't know what it is. The same Jesus who gives us eternal life, resurrected, perfected bodies and entrance into his glorious kingdom. Family, that is goodness. I'm talking about the God in the scripture who works all things for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purpose. That is his goodness. Even when he disciplines us as a father, that is his goodness. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. That is his goodness. He was wounded for our transgressions. That is his goodness. He secured victory when he died on the cross and he rose from that grave. That is his goodness. There was one thing I'm confident in. I remain confident that he is good. The Lord is good. Come on, family of God, put your hands together. Praise the Lord for his goodness. Praise the Lord that he's good all the time. Praise the Lord that he's so good that I'll wait on it. I don't have no problem waiting on his timing because his timing's better than my timing. Come on. I just want to thank you, Lord, for being good. Paul says in Philippians 1.6 that being confident of this, he who began a good work in you will carry it on and completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Friends, be confident in that. Amen. Amen. The doors of the church are open. The invitation is being extended. The Bible tells us that we were born into sin, that we were in a hopeless and dire situation, that we were in despair. But the Lord in his majesty, his grace, and his goodness decided that he would sin, come down himself, 
send the Lord Jesus Christ to die on the cross for our sins. That if we believe in him, we shall have eternal life. That if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has risen from the grave, then we shall be saved. My friends and my family, I want to offer that to you today. Salvation by no other name than the Lord Jesus Christ. By the Lord Jesus Christ. Why don't you come to him, family? Why don't you come to him? Perhaps you're watching virtually. You can call the office at 402-455-1000, option 3. There's somebody waiting by that phone just to hear your voice. Just to tell you about the goodness of the Lord Jesus. Too can remain confident in his goodness. He will give you brand new life. My God. New oh, Come on. Normally, I would ask you to be seated, but we're going to do something fun this morning. Y'all ready for this? Next Sunday is our Meet Me in the Sanctuary Sunday, so we're going to do something a little bit special to prepare for that. I need everyone in here to take out your phones and do a selfie. Take out your phones, do a selfie with your neighbor, post it to social media, hashtag Meet Me in the Sanctuary. Come on, hold your phones up. Meet me in the sanctuary. I'm gonna do one with you, hold on.
Come on, somebody say, meet me in the sanctuary. I said, meet me in the sanctuary. I'm just giving y'all a little practice so you can tell somebody this week to meet me in the sanctuary. Amen. It is now time to receive our benediction. Immediately following the benediction, there will be ushers in place to escort you out into the vestibule. Let us pray. Most magnificent and blessed Lord Jesus, we lift you up and we magnify your name. We thank you for the opportunity to worship you this morning. We ask that you would bless everyone here, physically and virtually, and that you would bless our week and help us to remember that you are the source of our beauty. You are beautiful. You are good. You are our Lord. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and pre present us faultless before his presence with exceedingly great joy to the only wise God our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. And let the entire church say amen, amen, and amen.